You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. There are several things on the wall in my office. If you were in there right now, you would see that I have uh, movie posters and collectibles and college diplomas. But one thing that kind of stands out to me as being a a unique piece or something that's really personal to me that's in my office on the wall is a piece of art for one of my children. When my kids were young, I used to love coloring and drawing with them and taking pictures and making little home movies. We loved doing creative art projects. But one of our children, when they were young, really didn't like to draw or color or paint very much and I remember we would work with them and try to encourage them to to do these kind of projects and one day kind of on their own they decided that they were going to make an art piece for me and it wasn't anything that was you know going to win them any awards or be like this next great art piece and I wasn't under the delusion that my child was the next Picasso but there was something fun rewarding about seeing them finally Uh, put some creative effort into creating this art piece and it was rewarding to see all of my parenting energy finally paying off and it was so enjoyable that the first thing I did when they gave it to me was I thanked them, I hugged them and then I went and got it framed and put it up on my wall and and I see it every day when I'm in the office and it's a reminder of just how amazing it is to, to see your energy as a parent come through for your child. There's this verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where it says that we are God's creative work, or the New Living Translation says God's masterpiece, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand so we can do them. I think it's really interesting that there in Ephesians, we're told that God has good works prepared or designed for us. But there's a couple things that really stand out that I think we need to understand to understand this passage from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. First, we are all created equally in God's image. That God's whole work, his creative energy was poured into the creation of you and me and every human being that's ever inhabited planet Earth or ever will inhabit planet Earth. We all people were equally created in God's image. Along the same lines, each of us has work to do. When we talk about engaging for others, which is what we're talking about in this series, we're talking about doing good things that God has prepared for us. Micah was a prophet in the Old Testament who God sent to speak out against political and religious corruption. And we read some of Micah's teaching in Micah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. This is what it says. What can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bow before God most high with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and tens of thousands of rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? Know, O people, the Lord has shown you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah chapter 6, verse 8 is is a pretty well-known passage. The NIV translates the second half of that verse, saying that we're required to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. 
What Micah is saying is that you can be super religious and go through a lot of religious practices and show up at all the religious services and perform these huge religious sacrifices and completely miss the point. Instead of doing these religious things, God is calling us to something deeper, something much more significant. The first thing we, we need to know is that God is calling us to live out mercy. Mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. In other words, mercy is not giving someone the punishment they deserve. I think if we're honest, we all love to receive mercy. We love it when we don't get punishment that we deserve. When we mess up, we step out of line, we break something, we make a mistake, and we get away with it. We love that. But loving mercy requires that we generously offer mercy to others as well. As followers of Jesus, we should be the first people to offer mercy, to forgive, and to restore. Micah chapter 6 verse 8 says that we need to act justly and to love mercy. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that justice and mercy cannot coexist. But following God means that we have to love and live out both. How can mercy and justice coexist? Well, we're commanded over and over again in the Bible to fight to make wrong things right in the world around us. When the Bible talks about justice, this is exactly what it means. Justice is righting wrongs. Here's a, a list of some verses that really stand out to me when I think about what it means to practice justice. James chapter 1, verse 27, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, to keep oneself unstained by the world. Or Psalm 82, 3, where it says, Give justice to the weak and to the orphan. Maintain the rights of the lowly and the destitute. Or Zechariah chapter 7, verses 9 through 10, where it says this, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Judge fairly and show mercy and kindness to one another. Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners, or the poor. And do not scheme against each other. Or Proverbs chapter 31 verse 8 that says this. Speak out for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all the destitute. Or Amos chapter 5 verse 24 that says this. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. According to the Bible, orphans and widows should not be in distress. The weak and the fatherless should not be taken advantage of. Mercy and compassion should be shown to the poor and the oppressed. No one should be exploited by the powerful. We should welcome and give refuge to those in danger. And no one in our world should be voiceless and unheard. God cares deeply about the pains of the world. And we should too. In this Engage series, the first week we talked about engaging with God in worship. And the second week we talked about engaging in community through mentorship. But today we're talking about engaging for others. And we do this by acting justly and loving mercy. Micah 6.8, justice and mercy. But engaging for others also requires us to walk humbly with God. We practice justice and mercy with an attitude of humility. And when we do this, we won't fall into the traps of making this all about us or thinking that we're the savior of the universe. When we live out justice and mercy with an attitude of humility, we put God first in all of our acts of righteousness when we do good for those around us. For some of us, the amount of brokenness and injustice we see in the world around us is overwhelming. It can wear us out to see all the heartache and the brokenness and injustice in the world. But I want you to hear this today. 
God has prepared good works for you, areas for you to humbly offer justice and mercy to others. Your unique qualities, your strengths, your abilities, your experiences will equip you perfectly for whatever good works God has designed for you to do. In Ephesians chapter 2.10, we're told that we are God's creative work, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand so we can do them. We are the best reflection of God's creativity and artistry when we discover and live out the good things that God has prepared for us. This has always been God's design for followers of Jesus. When we look at the early followers of Jesus who are experiencing firsthand the resurrected Jesus after he was executed and then rose from the dead, he spent some time with his closest followers. And just before he ascends to the right hand of the Father, we're told in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that he tells this to his followers. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There's a lot packed into this one little verse. First, God empowered these followers of Jesus. The Holy Spirit would come upon them to enable them to be able to do the kind of good works that God had prepared for them. We also see that God called these followers to something very specific. He called them to be witnesses. A witness shares what they've personally experienced. So to do this, to live out this commission from God, they had to actually have experienced Jesus for themselves. But this call of being a witness is a call that had to be taken seriously. It would be like if you were called into court to be an eyewitness for something that you had seen yourself. You needed to be willing to put your reputation and even your life on the line to be a witness to what God had done for you. We also see that God used them right where they were. God was calling them to the city of Jerusalem, the capital city of their faith and their religion and their lifestyle, Jerusalem. But God was not going to leave them in Jerusalem. God was going to stretch them beyond their comfort zones. God would call them to Judea, to this greater region, but also through all of Samaria, which is where they would find people who were different from them, who had a different custom and different faith system, who were going to be unique from them. And they were called to share and be witnesses with those people as well. But then God would take them all the way to the ends of the earth. See, God's kingdom is global. It's not contained in one location. It's not held by one people group. It is a global kingdom, and God was going to take these people to the ends of the earth. Our church, Castle Hills Christian Church, believes that God changes lives. We've called this our mission. We believe that in changed lives through Christ. And I want you to know that there is a place for you here with our church to serve. We believe that God has equipped and called you to find a ministry, a place of service here in our faith community. But your service is not limited to our campus. We love our city. We love San Antonio, Texas, and we want you to be a good neighbor and part of a beautiful community. And we know that God is calling you to serve those around you, people who may never step foot on our church campus. But we also understand that our mission is global and that our God is huge and that the kingdom is bigger than our culture. 
And so we believe that God is calling us not just to serve on our campus and not just to serve in our neighborhood and community, but to partner with what God is already doing around the world. There are good works for you to do in the church, in our city, and around the world. And what we're called to do is just to follow God's lead, to allow God to shape and move us because God has good works prepared for us. Places where we can act justly and love mercy and walk humbly. When we do this, all we're really doing is following the example of Jesus. Jesus loved us so immensely that he gave up heaven, came to live among us, serve those around him, and ultimately offered his complete life for us.